Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Ah, it's good to be back. Had a couple days off early in this week. As in Nebraska. Tell you all about it later. That's a long drive. <sighs> Let's get to the football, shall we? Uh, we're going to start with the NFL. NFL with a little local flavor, though. PK talking with Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints, Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston in a battle. Who's going to be the starting quarterback? Here's Ross Jackson with PK. Ross Jackson, host of the Locked On Saints and Locked On NFL podcast, is joining us. And he's coming to us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the only solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Well, Ross, we want to know what you know about the quarterback situation because we have a vested interest up here in Utah. Taysom Hill is one of our guys. What is is going on hey really good morning to you appreciate you having me on yeah it's a very uh, interesting conversation going on down in uh, new orleans when it comes down to this quarterback conversation and this competition between these two and you know I'll, I'll start off with a quick tease for you i think Taysom hill's holding his own and he's a little bit more in the conversation than i've been maybe some folks might have expected at this point in the offseason Okay, so they've had one uh, practice game. They've only got three this year down from one as they increase the uh, amount of uh, regular season games up one to 17. And, you know, we, we have a vested interest, as I say. And I was interested in what Sean Payton said that after the game, I think it was, that he's not making any quarterback comparisons now. And it was somewhat of an up-and-down performance by both quarterbacks, Hill and Jameis Winston. Why do you think Peyton said what he said? I think that the six turnovers in that game had a lot to do with it. Um, you know, two of them, or rather, yeah, two of them happening, or rather one of them actually happening after the, you know, Jameis and Taysom possessions. You had uh, three running back fumbles during their possessions, and you each had both of those quarterbacks throwing an interception. And, you know, in each case, I think you can give a little bit of blame to the quarterbacks. You can give a little bit of blame to the receivers as well. It's a bit more of a shared responsibility on both of those interceptions. So for me, one of the reasons why Sean Payton might say, look, I'm not making these comparisons immediately after the game is because, first of all, he was steaming after that game with six turnovers. And then the other part of it is that it's tough to sort of have that initial response to it without being able to go back and look at the tape and try to you know mitigate and even the playing field as best as you can between these two guys and then make comparisons on the 12 throws that they threw throughout this game. I'll tell you that as I went through and rewatched the game, I thought that Jameis had the better performance, but I don't know that he did nearly enough to really distance himself from Taysom Hill. Every time that Jameis Winston has pulled a little bit ahead of Taysom, he has found his way back into the conversation with a great performance in camp, showing his additional abilities, which we don't get to see and didn't get to see in preseason, which are the design runs. He's a you know a little bit frantic as a scrambler, but the design runs and everything that he can do with the ball in his hands are undeniable. So there's always going to be that sort of looming over this comparison as well. Yeah, just judging from watching, it did seem like Winston had the edge on that. I don't know how much you put on one single preseason game as opposed to every day in practice. And then combined with what is ahead, because they still have a number of practices and the two preseason games to go before they even get into game week. With that in mind, how long do you think the competition will go before a quarterback is named? Sean Payton has said he wants to get at least the first two preseason games in and being able to evaluate then both of the preseason games as well as practice in camp. 
putting it all together and then doing, you know, their evaluation based upon that. Every day after training camp practices, these guys get handed a sheet of paper, essentially a report card on their day that lets them know, here's what you did well, here's what we're going to be working on, here's what you need to improve, so on and so forth. And so some of the things that they'll notch there, of course, are the pretty common things that you would that you would think of for a quarterback was the accuracy, timing, anticipation, but also command of the huddle, ability in and out of the huddle, command of the line, making the right reads, field progression, sort of the more nuanced pieces of the quarterback position, composure under pressure, things like that. So I think that the idea is to get two of these preseason games in, get both of these guys opportunities against, you know, with, with first first team reps and with second and third team reps, and then get them there to where they're going up against guys that they don't see every day in other jerseys, and then be able to make an evaluation based upon that in time for them to utilize game three of the preseason the way that they would usually utilize game three of the preseason, which is a bit more of a dress rehearsal for week one. So we could have an idea of what this offense will look like and who the quarterback will be going into the third preseason game, though I would be willing to bet that Sean Payton won't publicly announce anything until game week for week one. Ross Jackson, host of the Locked On Saints and Locked On NFL podcast, joining us. I had to laugh when Taysom was first making his mark in the NFL because we saw him play here. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you saw that Texas game, either home and away for that matter, when they, I was there down in Austin when uh, covering the game for the station, and he hurdles the kid, and I think he ran for 200 plus yards when they played up in Provo. And, and, and so. Seeing people get excited because he had a four-yard run in the NFL, to me, was like, well, duh. This, if, you just, if you just had a raw athletic competition, Taysom Hill is going to be in the top half, if not the top 5%. He's an incredible athlete. But, you know, I admit... I question if he could be an NFL starting quarterback just because you're a phenomenal athlete. Tom Brady, as we know, is not winning any sprinting races, but nevertheless is a phenomenal quarterback. So with that in mind, he's had a number of opportunities to play at uh, you know a, a smaller level, obviously not as a full-timer. Uh, didn't play two years ago when Bridgewater went in when uh, Breeze got hurt, but then this past season, Hill did play. Uh, is he viewed or do you view him as an NFL quarterback who can lead a team to the playoffs because the Saints they're about getting to the postseason not and winning in the postseason really with Drew Brees I mean they have had a really good history is Hill that type of quarterback yeah I would say that I view their perception of him the organization's perception of him as that quarterback otherwise he wouldn't be as you know tight in this conversation as he is. And I think that one of the things that we don't do enough, whether it be, you know, in, in New Orleans media or even national media elsewhere, is give Taysom Hill credit for the fact that the player that he was in college and early on in the NFL was exactly that player who would run for 200 yards, had the big 40 yard scramble against the Atlanta Falcons, is running over linebackers, all of that. Now all of a sudden, we're legitimately talking about him being in a true and earnest quarterback competition to be the starting quarterback for a, for an NFL franchise. That's a remarkable development and remarkable sort of growth that you've seen from him to be able to change his body, to be able to make adjustments to how he worked, back shoulder type work as opposed to working on front side muscles. Like everything that he has done over the course of this offseason and really over the course of the last couple of years has put him on this trajectory. That's a lot of hard work to be able to do that. We hear about players transitioning 
transitioning from wide receiver to DB or from uh, you know wide receiver to running back or running back to wide receiver. I mean, all of those transitions tend to be a little bit more casual than a transition from effectively being a team's second or third option at tight end to now being able to compete earnestly at the quarterback position. Do I think that Taysom Hill is somebody that can lead the New Orleans Saints to, a, to the playoffs? I do. I believe that Jameis Winston can as well. And it might not happen the first year. I don't think that it, could ha- that it would happen the first year. But I do think that with Sean Payton, with this offense, with the coaching staff, with the weapons that they have, particularly if they can retain a healthy Michael Thomas going into 2022, then all of the pieces are there so that the Saints can do what they did with Drew Brees. Build a build essentially a car around a quarterback that can drive them that can drive that quarterback to wins, and then also be driven by the quarterback to wins, and that's going to be an important piece for how they continue to build out the rest of the roster around whichever quarterback they choose to move ahead with. Ross Jackson, host of Locked On Saints and Locked On NFL Pad podcast, joining us here on DJ and PK. Uh, one of the things that I think is interesting that I don't know maybe it even works against. Taysom is if he is the starting quarterback, then he can't play all those other positions, which he adds value to the team. Obviously, Sean Payton put him in the position to succeed a number of different positions, and he did. Does that work against him, his ability and versatility to play these other positions? I think it can. I mean, the, the idea that the New Orleans Saints have always moved forward with when it comes to their offense is putting the 11 most talented players out on the field at the same, at the same time. That's their focus. And so that's one of the reasons why you're seeing guys like Ty Montgomery, who, you know, lined up at running back at the end of last season, now moving back over to wide receiver because they want to get him out on the field at the same time. They're getting players like Latavius Murray and, of course, Alvin Kamara. So I think that that does work against Taysom Hill a bit. And that is a bit of the perception that he has to be able to sort of persevere against and overcome in order to be able to take that starting quarterback position and really walk away with a win for both of these quarterbacks. Jameis Winston has to overcome the fact that Taysom Hill is adored by this organization and has been in the organization over time and just sort of deserves the opportunity in that sense. Taysom Hill has to overcome his own perception as being more than just a quarterback, and or I don't want to say just a quarterback, but doing more than just throw the ball, throw passes. He's a runner. He's a pass catcher. He's a blocker. He's all of these. He's a special teamer. He's a tackler. I mean, he's all of these incredible things just as an athlete. So they both have something massive to overcome when it comes to doing what it takes to win this quarterback competition. Therefore, their performances need to leave no doubt. I didn't see either of them leave no doubt on Saturday. Hopefully, we'll see that up against Jackson. So, if Winston wins it, do they just use Taysom the way they used him with Drew Brees? It's an interesting conversation because he slimmed down quite a bit. Not, Not a ton. I mean, we're talking about five or six pounds. But the work that he did maybe takes him out of maybe some of those special teams place takes him out of some of those blocking assignments perhaps but you could still use him as a pass catcher you could still use him as a runner so his role might change and be a little bit different than what you saw during his time with Drew Brees but I would imagine that he would go back to being that sort of offensive weapon that Swiss Army knife being able to use him in line as a true wide, but not really putting him in a ton of blocking assignments on linebackers or defensive linemen, maybe utilizing him more from the slot as well. The Saints are going to need the hands if they can find them at pass catcher without Michael Thomas and potentially without Deontay Harris. Taysom Hill could be a big time, you know, big time addition for you in that sense and help supplement some of that. So I would imagine that there would be some push to get him back on the field and keep him on the field at that capacity. 
you know, whether or not Taysom really wants to do that, if he believes that he can move on from the Saints after this year and get a starting quarterback opportunity elsewhere, then maybe that factors in. But at least what the Saints showed him last year when they had him come in and be the starter for those four games after Drew Brees is that they're willing to take him out of that role to use him as a backup quarterback and have him go in and still win games for the New Orleans Saints. So I would expect to see a push towards that with an understanding that he would still be the guy that they would turn to if they needed to replace a quarterback for multiple games again. Sean Payton is really known as a great offensive mind. Do you think that the Saints feel like, hey, no matter what, we've got two guys that are capable, and with Sean Payton's ability to put them in a position to succeed, we can be okay? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. I think that this organization trusts Sean Payton uh, extremely well. And I think for, for good reason. I mean, you've had a few losing seasons with Sean Payton, but you're now you know, four-time back-to-back NFC South champions, division champions, four-time back-to-back uh, playoff uh, you know, uh, opponents and, and contenders. And, and I think that that was with a Drew Brees that the New Orleans Saints were sort of re- reshaping their offensive attack around during that time. And so you've seen now Sean Payton over the last couple of years win with Drew Brees of old, Drew Brees of recent, uh, Taysom Hill and Teddy Bridgewater, all under center. And so I think that with all of that, you look at Sean Payton's ability to be able to scheme, particularly be able to scheme wide receivers, his ability to be so successful on a scripted first 15, and his ability to be able to close out halves with a score. And then the defense's ability over the past few years to be very stout, particularly in the second half. So if you're able to build that momentum, because Sean Payton is so good at scheming up those two-minute drills at the end of halves, be able to build that momentum on the offensive side at the end of a half and then shut down a team's opposing offense on a defensive side, which remains to be seen in 2021 because this defense took a lot of losses, then I think that there's enough around these quarterbacks to believe that either one of them could be successful in Sean Payton's system and as a company by Dennis Allen's defense. So we know Payton is a great offensive mind, and he likes Jimmy Buffett, so we know he's way cool too, don't we? That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. I've always said that, actually. I've always said that. (laughs) All right. Well, Ross, we appreciate your insight, and we'll look forward and see what happens in New Orleans. Will Taysom Hill win that job? Thanks for joining us. Hey, absolutely. Uh, Big-time pleasure, PK. Appreciate you having me on. Y'all take care. Stay safe. There's Ross Jackson with PK on the quarterback battle in New Orleans. And come back, PK and I, with Utes tight end, Brant Keithy. And we'll hear from the Cougars coming up in the segment after that. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280, The Zone. Utah's got a lot of question marks on offense. they got two guys battling for the starting quarterback job, a bunch of running backs battling, and wide receivers transferring in and out. But they're good at tight end. That's the one thing 
we really know. They are good at tight end. Brant Keithy, who figures to be the best of the tight ends, although they got more than one good one. Here's Brant Keithy with PKNI. How different is it this year, the way you guys have moved through quarterbacks? I mean, you played five games last year, you used yeah. three different quarterbacks, and now you got a transfer who could be the guy, maybe Cam will, but you only got 14 snaps with him. Yeah. How much does that matter as you work with all these different quarterbacks? Uh, I don't think it really matters much. Uh, we're just all getting work, and quarterbacks can rotate through groups each day. So we get you get work, and especially for the summer, um, we, we get a tremendous amount of work day in, day out. We're throwing about five, six days a week. So, I mean, there's that little crumbery in getting, like, infused together as a team. But um, I wouldn't say it's really any different. I mean, Cam has been here for a little bit longer. He knows the offense, and it kind of clicks better for him. But Charlie's doing a great job, and I'm just excited for the competition. Okay, so you've been here, too. So you have a relationship with Rising. You're developing one with Brewer. But you got a couple other guys that are transfers at, at the receiver. Uh, how about their development? Do you think that that is something that is a work in progress and, and maybe needs a little more time than somebody like you who's been in the program for a while? Uh, I would say yes and no. Um, development, development, maybe not. Um, it's just getting used to this offense, getting used to this team. A lot of guys come from different programs. It's a different perspective on a lot of different things. But um, I think with this fall camp, it's definitely going to help them mold into the players that they want to be. And uh, a, a lot of the transfers are looking good right now. I'm just excited for week three and week four in fall camp. So do you see that a lot when you're watching film early on? Guys have their way of doing things based on whatever they were taught at their last college or their high school. And when you watch on film, you're like, yeah, I'm in my third year. That's not that's not how this staff wants it. Uh, I would say at the beginning, yes, uh, especially when during the summer when we were just running routes and kind of doing our own thing. Uh, yeah, but as, as soon as we get out there and all the coaches out there and we're, we kind of get a sense of uh, this is how things should be ran, it's getting a lot better each day and each day and out. It's getting a lot more crisp and uh, I can see those guys kind of having it clicking in their brain that this is how it should be ran. So as far as the program goes, all the tight ends, or at least top three, are veterans in the program and veterans under Andy Ludwig's offense. you think that maybe that could help you guys as far as the tight end position to really be effective? Uh, for sure. I would say from year one, uh, we were effective, but uh, it, it, it is our fourth year in, and uh, getting all those guys back, and the uh, the connection that we have is, is different than anybody else in the country, and I, I do truly believe that our tight end group is probably the best if not the best tight end uh, group in the country. And it's just great because um, we can kind of do it all. We can run block, we can pass block, and we can run routes. So, And on some, some, some occasions, we can run the ball also. But um, I think that gives us a huge different different dimension in any, anywhere else in the country is that we can kind of do anything and no one else can. You took that. You took my next question away. I thought you were going to leave out running the ball. <laughs> How big a rush is that when you – because on a pass play, maybe you have an idea you're getting the ball, but on a run, you know you're getting the ball. How different is that for you? Uh, it's a little bit different. It's kind of just thinking all the things, but it kind of just my mind goes blank, and this is what I have to do. And as soon as I get the ball, I just have to see what happens, see downfield. So you had a breakout season a couple years ago. Last year was hmm, haywire for everybody. But the point being is you got on the radar a little bit. You might have had an opportunity to do something.
something else, but you chose to, to stay here and, and continue. What went into that decision making? Uh, for sure, it's just we've been to Pac-12 twice, and South Champs is really not enough. Uh, both years, it's kind of came up short, and last year going three and two, it's just didn't it kind of left a bad taste in our mouths at the end of the year, and especially that last game, just we just didn't play how we really wanted to, and just uh, it kind of came up and talked to some of the guys, and just uh, our main focus is going to Pac-12 championship, and after that, they can just take care of the rest. But uh, that's our main goal right now is Pac-12 championship. So when Kyle Whittingham says there's a lot of similarities between this team and the 2019 team as far as talent, leadership, number of guys he thinks will either be drafted or at least go to camps as free agents in the NFL. Do you see all of that? For sure, yeah. We have a tremendous amount of talent, especially our transfers coming in. And uh, I think with both of these quarterbacks, we can we can definitely do something this year, most definitely. And especially with the talent we have at the tight end position, receivers, O-line. We have a lot of people coming back, and we do have a lot of young faces, but um, I think a lot of the young guys are going to have to step up and help, and I think they're going to be able to do that. What specifically do you think you need to work on? I would say definitely my uh, my blocking. Just My blocking hasn't gotten to where I need to get the past couple years and also I just got to crisp up everything in my route running and kind of this the coverage disguises and all that stuff just learning the ins and outs of the game so when you say quarterbacks plural you just complimented both of them there some of that has to be being politically correct with the media but some of that you might also actually believe two years ago I think there was a sense we got to keep Tyler Huntley healthy and keep your starter healthy whoever it is but do you have the feeling that if you have to go to a second quarterback there won't be much of a drop-off I don't think there's going to be a drop-off if any because uh, both these guys are looking great they both can run the ball both can sling it not afraid to throw it and uh, I think this year if we do pass more it's it's gonna be a hell of a game each year <laughs> yeah since you're you're out there you're you're sort of a marked man now you can't really catch anybody by surprise like you may have done a couple of years ago how much do you need to be aware that you're going to be a focal point going particularly in conference games obviously that people are, are going to be defending game planning to defend you you know i mean just like last year uh probably every other play i was getting double covered and that just leaves an opportunity for someone else to get open so I, i'm not going to really complain much about that and it's kind of honestly a compliment if some guy if some teams are going to put two on me it's, it's going to be fine but once they put one-on-one coverage I, i'm not sure anybody else can cover me in this league yeah but you want stats don't you yeah i do but uh, i also do want to win so I'm okay with giving up some stats to win. Well, I mean, just to be perfectly blunt, NFL scouts, if they see you getting doubled all the time, they know why. I mean, that looks good on tape, too. Yeah, for sure. I, I would definitely say that's just the ultimate focus is going to the Pac-12 championship and winning game, each game, one game at a time. Anticipated moving and being slotted at different spots in the field, because that's what you have been. Yeah, um, I would say I'm going to do it all. I'm not going to really give away anything that we're going to do, but um, I would say I'm going to be moving everywhere. Uh, you guess, I'll probably be there, too. It's just I, I kind of that guy that moves around, and I don't like being stagnant in one position, so I would expect him to be moving around a lot this year. There's Brent Keithy with PK and I. When we come back, we go to Provo for BYU camp. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network.
Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to check in with the Cougars at their camp in Provo two and a half weeks before the season opener. We start with running back Miles Davis. Hey, Miles, I was just curious, um, what are the biggest adjustments from going um, from a wide receiver in high school to, to kind of transitioning to running back in college? Uh, in high school, I feel like wide receivers, like, you know, kind of easy. You really just running around and catching the ball, trying to use your speed. And so in college, it's like, it's like a lot more learning, a lot more learning, like trying to learn the defense. So it's kind of been pretty difficult, but, you know, trying to get over those obstacles and just, yeah, <laughs> just keep pushing as a running back, trying to learn more stuff. At first, at running back is kind of easy, but then, you know, it's it's the, the defense you're trying to read. I feel like it's kind of hard, especially for me. Just as a follow-up, what about in terms of, like, uh, body type and kind of and getting stronger? Like, you know, how much have you had to change just, just your body to adjust to, to a different position where, you know, you're probably getting hit a lot more and yeah. kind of in the trenches a lot more? Yeah. So, yeah, you do got to you got to stay in the gym for sure. A lot, a lot more than like receiver. I feel like it's just, yeah, you working, you working out, but you're trying to stay like just like fit a little bit and, you know, conditioned. But I feel like as running back, you got to get a little bigger. Like I remember last year I got hit one time. It was my first time getting in in the game as a running back and I got hit and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I for sure got to put some weight on. So, yeah, you got to for sure get a lot bigger as running back okay go ahead jay yeah miles they mentioned the other day how you had the great uh, scrimmage what what was your favorite play or maybe what kind of your favorite memory what stands out to you uh from that from that day uh my favorite my favorite memory from that day was you know when i scored and my team like all the older older guys just came over and like you know hyped me up and gave me like a little praise and so i was kind of happy for that and seeing all my other teammates happy and so yeah who are some of the other running backs that everyone knows about lopini and uh and algier who are some of the other guys that are kind of in the running back room that are moving up the depth chart like you that are yeah. kind of competing for that third spot. Uh, I feel like all the running backs is, uh, uh, you know, pretty good. And we're all trying to get, you know, to that next level. And so we all trying to just keep moving up all of us as a, as a group instead of just trying to get up as a thing. Oh, then for Mackenzie, I requested. Oh, now she's got it. What, what about Sione Finau? Has he been in there with you guys? Uh, Sione, Sione is a pretty good, you know, good running back. Uh, lately he has not been here, but I'm pretty sure when he does come back, he's going to for sure be a great running back. Okay, let's go Greg and then Trevor. Hey, Miles. Um, has Jamal or anyone else uh, talked about comparison athletes, like who you might be thinking about in making a transition from – from wide receiver to running back and, and I mean, just using Antonio Gibson as an example of an NFL guy doing something similar. Do you talk about or look at other guys who've tried to do it? Uh, well, nobody told me, but like one kid, one person I did look up to like that was a running back in college was Tariq Hill. Mm. He was a running back in uh, college. And so I try to look up to him and, you know, 
does uses try to use it how he he like felt probably i don't know how he felt exactly but like i'll be trying to think how how did he feel moving as a running back to a receiver especially going to the nfl which is a big difference and so that's how i try to think of it and and follow up to a different realm altogether when did you start becoming aware in your life of the other miles davis and how much did that become a thing in your life where people talked about him with your name and everything else Oh, me growing up, me growing up, that was like the thing. Everybody, all the teachers, like as my teachers growing up, they was, do you know Miles Davis? Miles Davis, do you play instruments? Like, so me growing up, that was like a big thing. And it still is to this day as a big thing. You don't mind it then? No, I love it. (laughs) All right. Thanks. (laughs) Hey, Trevor, go ahead. Hey, Miles, so you mentioned that you've been working with Jamal Willis training throughout the offseason. What are some of the skills or fundamentals that he's been having you work on to become a better running back? Um, my hips, he, he has me working on my hips. And then, of course, my jump cuts, jump cuts and then just getting around the corner type of thing. Okay, let's go, Sean, and then Matt. Miles, I had one question in mind, but I got to follow up to what you just uh, answered to Greg there about your name. You didn't, you didn't answer the question that your that your teachers ask you. Do you play any any instruments? Are you a secret saxophone player or anything like that? No, no, sir, I am not. <laughs> okay. Well, well, more importantly, you're a really good running back. Thank you. Uh, even if you were a wide receiver all through high school, uh, what was kind of the value of last year just in being able to to sort of shift, I guess, your mindset a little bit from coming in being like the speedster guy and not necessarily having a position to kind of making the run into, into a full-time running back? Was, was there a lot of value last year in, in kind of making that move? Um. Yeah, it was a lot of value. I feel like me me transitioning to a running back, it was like it was pretty fun. Like running back is awesome. Like that's a fun position. So I love running back. Miles, what has Coach Unga told you guys um, about the plan rotation and what it will take for you to get more snaps in games? Uh, I feel like we just all have to do our part in the game. Just all do our parts. Um, the rotation will come, however it comes. It's just we got to just do our job and make sure we, you know, be able to. He can be able to trust us. Okay, we're gonna go Jake and then Alex and then Dick and then we'll be done. Miles, I've got to ask the question: Who is the fastest running back of the group? Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. We haven't raced. Nobody raced in the group, so I'm not sure on that. Would you consider at, right, at, right now? I would say it would be Tyler. Oh, really? Oh, you, but would, Tyler got some speed. Tyler has some speed. Would you put yourself in the mix, though? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I haven't. I haven't never got to really use my speed like that. So you know, I'm not sure. Thank you, um, Miles. Um, how much? What are the biggest impacts that Tyler and Lopini have have made on you, and some of the best advice that they've given you so far? 
Oh yeah, those two guys I look up to. I look up to those guys. They they help me a lot, actually. Like whenever I need, like if I don't know a play, like I'll go to them. Or if if I did something like wrong, I'll go to them and ask them. So I feel like those two, those two older guys, they like help out the whole running back group, not just me. I feel like they help out the whole running back group. Hey, Dick, go ahead. Yeah, Miles, uh, could you take us through um, what the zone blocking um, scheme is like for a running back to learn uh, kind of what uh, challenges there are for you to, or to get yourself in a position to challenge for a playing time when you have to learn certain things? What are those things that you take us through those? The, so the zone blocks, it's, it's, I feel like it's kind of, you know, hard at, at the beginning because you don't know, like, which one you have to get. Like, especially as a running back, you have to scan the whole field just like a quarterback would. And so I feel like just reading the whole defense, I feel like you have to read the whole defense and figure everything out. There's BYU running back Miles Davis. Now here's the defensive coordinator, Elisa Tuiaki. How confident are you in, in this defense's ability to – to stop the run and play at a high level right away with the the difficult schedule you guys have out of the gates? Uh, Pretty confident. What are some of the the players in the the box that will be some of those key players that will be critical to having success against the run? Yeah, you know, that's that's uh, I mean, it's a good question. It's it's a hard question for us to always answer every year just because it's I mean, obviously, um, if you can come away with, uh, you know, with pretty stout defense in the run, then then you feel good about it. But um, you know, we don't we don't lose too many guys, at least with experience. We did lose a lot of guys to to the NFL the, with the front guys that you ended up leaving. Um I feel good about having Batty back. He's playing at a high level right now. But nice Amahi coming back. Um, Caden Hawes coming back for second years. Really, really come on. Earl, uh, Mariner, um, you know, Gabe Summers are all guys with, with a lot of experience. And then um, Lorenzo uh, Faltel, a lot of guys with experience on the inside. And then, um, you know, Uriah Leotawa coming back. We're a little bit younger at the, at the DN spot, but... You know, having having guys that have really showed up in a good way, like Pepe Tanuasa and um, you know Blake Mangelson's another name. So we feel feel good about the personnel. We've got a lot of good bodies in there. Um, you know, I think I think they're understanding the scheme and and uh, you know tr- playing a little bit better. We're, we're playing against what I think is a really really good O line uh, day in day out, and so um, it's making our young guys grow up grow up fast, which we need. But uh, overall, just as a front, I uh, feel, feel pretty good about us. It's just uh, it's hard to tell with guys that don't have experience. We have a lot of young guys at the edges that don't have a lot of experience. A lot of headlines have been given to the quarterback position battle. But on defense, uh, what's maybe the most heated battle that you want to see maybe resolved over the next week? You know, we've talked about um, uh, seeing – Seeing some of those guys that are going to be contributors at the safety spot, you know, safe, uh, free safety, strong safety. We've got a lot of guys that are rotating through there. You know, obviously having Chaz and Malik come back with a little bit of experience has been huge for us. But um, Hayden Livingston, who's had who's had a game experience, uh, Jared Capici. We've got other guys that are are starting to really do a good job. Um, you know, Mitch. Can't see the other one. Criddle's playing. I mean, George Udo's coming off an injury, and we're kind of playing it slow with him. But we anticipate that he's going to be a, a big contributor for us this year too. Once we confident that he's uh, he's 100% going. 
Uh, going back to the scrimmage Saturday, uh, we weren't able to talk to you. We talked to, a little bit to Ed Lamb. But what was your overall assessment of how your defense looked? Uh, I know you held some guys out, but uh, kind of were you happy going away from that scrimmage? Yeah, happy, happy with uh, being able to see a lot of the young guys uh, get reps. Um, you know, there were some question marks and some guys as far as just their ability to tackle in a game situation and um, thought that those guys who we had question marks on um, showed up in a good way and we've got to continue, um, you know, in the direction that we're going with those guys where they can continue to be consistent and next time they have an opportunity to tackle and show in a game situation that they can, they can do the same thing. And so, uh, yeah, uh, certainly happy with, with uh, the way that things went. Now, obviously, there's always things to improve and, and things to tighten up and uh, starting to see the depth really develop now with that first scrimmage, at least. And just follow up, uh, a lot's made of Preston Hadley moving over and helping you with the defensive ends. You just said you're young there. Through 10 days of camp or whatever, are you fairly uh, satisfied with the progress the young defensive ends have made, like Tyler Batty and you mentioned uh, Pepe and some of the others? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think we've uh, we've got a lot of good bodies um, of guys that that uh, we're gonna we're gonna depend on to play, guys that need to play. And Coach Hadley's done a really good job, just taking pride in in understanding, um, learning, um, putting in the extra time that it takes to uh, to develop those guys. And I think he's doing a really good job. Thanks. Any other questions for? Coach Tibiaki, uh, Mitch, go ahead. Hey, Coach, uh, just one more here from from uh, who are some of the, from me. Uh, who are some of the guys behind uh, at linebacker? You, you know, we know about Tuli, Peely, um, and Wilgar, but who are some of the other guys that are uh, you know contending to round out maybe that depth chart in the in a busy locker or linebacker room? Uh, yeah, besides those three that you mentioned, um, you know Ben Bywater had a really good scrimmage. You know Josh Wilson is, is uh, Josh Wilson and Drew have played in games and are dependable, and we're starting to see uh, Morgan Piper also come up as somebody that's going to contribute. So I think those guys, those uh, uh, four additional guys, I don't know if I'm missing anybody else, are are the guys that uh, really stuck out in a good way in the scrimmage. Alex, go ahead. Coach, you mentioned um, that there's some, you know, there's some youth on, on this defensive squad, and I'm kind of curious, like, you know, when when you're trying to bring along some of the young guys, um, that kind of integrate them with with who's returning. Um, depending on skill set and personnel, how much do you uh, tweak a defensive um, philosophy or defensive uh, play calls, if you will, to kind of just fit the fact that you're you're adjusting to to guys developing in real time. Yeah, I think I think uh, the more veteran your group becomes, the more you can carry. Um, you know, when you have younger guys and you feel like you've got the right personnel on the field, then it's really just about making sure that we can eliminate mistakes and play fast. Um, and so it does does take a little bit off of uh, what you'd normally call or probably probably scheme, just for the sake of being sound. Um, but uh, you know, I, th I think our young kids are doing a good job picking things up. We've thrown a lot at them in the last, or at least in, you know, in, in this fall camp. Um, they've had to pick up a lot, and we installed a lot faster this year than we have in the past. And uh, you know, obviously, it comes comes with its uh, with all its uh, mistakes and everything. But I think that uh, you know, after a couple of weeks, it's 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 been good. They're starting to they're starting to get it. 
just as a follow-up um, to something you just said, um, why have you installed things uh, quicker than in the past? Uh, we do have a core of, of guys that have played. You know, and that's and that's uh, and so th those guys all get it, and so we're putting a lot on those guys to teach the younger guys. Um, you know, and so it's it puts a lot on the younger guys to to try to understand and play all these multiple things that we're doing, and then once we start to uh, you know pull out some schemes and just kind of focus a little bit more on on our first opponent, then they'll be they'll be less required of them, and you normally start to see them clean up with their assignments and and techniques and all that stuff. So. Just uh, overload them, overload them early, and then start to pull back as we get closer to games. Hey, last question, Sean. Yeah, I, I want to. You touched on uh, Coach Hadley a little bit moving up to the defensive front with you working with the defensive ends and the hybrids and whatnot. What is it about having a guy specifically over defensive ends like that, and a guy like that who? knows kind of the back end of the of the defense the you know the safeties and the dbs and such what is it about having a guy like that over defensive ends that i guess kind of makes your job a little bit easier so yeah it's uh you know obviously just with his experience um his experience in the back end he's able to teach the the game holistically to the front and you know um really the the front guys are they're they're their own animal they you you spend all your time teaching them back end stuff and sometimes they just they don't care they don't they, there's so much to know at d-line and so really just having an extra guy having having coach hadley with me having somebody who can focus on the techniques the techniques and assignments of the ends um you know it's you've got a room for us we've got a room of, of you know 22 23 guys that's a lot for one coach to handle especially if you're if you're coordinating a defense and and uh kind of doing that stuff and so i've got a lot of help with coach hadley and he's done a really good job with it um, you know, having Coach Lamb and, and Coach uh, Clune too, just as guys that have been coordinators as well as a head coach. I mean, there's, there, we've got a lot of experience in our room, and then obviously always leaning on Kalani and, and uh, his, his experience as a coordinator is huge for us too. We've got a lot, a lot of help helping me. There's the defensive coordinator, Eliza Tuiaki. Now here's the head coach, Kalani Sataki. Yeah, it was good practice. Um, obviously things to keep working on. I think you can probably just copy and paste the other times we've done media. So I, I think it's, it's really good. We are starting to see some of our travel squad guys start to separate themselves and, and know the guys that we can probably seek a little bit more reps into now that we've had pretty much uh, most of our install, if not all. So I know uh, offensively, we've got a few things to add, but defensively, we've got pretty much the whole install in. Now it's just a matter of... Um, cleaning it up and being uh, assignment sound and, and making sure that we're executing with the right technique. All right, let's go Alex and then Mitch. Coach, I'm um, just curious on, on what you've seen from Miles Davis so far um, in camp and, you know, I guess not just in camp, but in kind of in the, in the time that you've had him in his transition from wide receiver in high school to, to running back now. Yeah, very athletic, um, tough kid, and he's he's elusive. He, he knows how to run with the ball in his hands, so he he's got the great instincts of, of a natural runner, uh, feeling pressure and knowing how to avoid it, and then 
um, no one really gets a clean shot on, on him. So I think in the scrimmage, uh, I think A-Rod had mentioned how well he did is because he's just a hard guy to tackle. And then you combine that with the willingness to learn. Um, I think the, he's got a, a, a tremendous amount of potential. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it works. Plus, he can catch the ball. So he has that ability to do it out of the backfield. And, and we'll, we'll see what else he can put together. But so far, we've been really, really happy with the progress that we've seen from him all the way from you know last year to now. Balani, you know, I'm curious, what makes starting quarterback decisions so significant for your program, but really any college football program, in, in your opinion, what, what makes these decisions so significant? Well, for us, it's to see if you're having a difficult time like we are, that means that you, uh, you've got a good group, you know. And so it's two things. Either you don't have a good group or you have a good group. And, and we feel like we have a lot of confidence in these three guys and, and then feel really comfortable with the guys that are, are behind them and the guys that we're seeing improve and get better. So I, I feel really good about the whole room. I know A-Rod does. Um, and, and it's just a matter of uh, – the guy winning out the spot outright, you know, and, and as long as they keep performing, doing well, uh, all three of them individually, then, then they're going to make it really hard for us. But for the coaching staff, we have to figure out where the guys are going to have the most success. And that's, and, uh, that, that's what we're trying to figure out in the next few practices. And just to follow up, uh, after having two more practices since, since that for, uh, first scrimmage over the weekend, uh, which quarterback is showing that separation that maybe you guys wanted to see? All three are showing great separation from the rest. I mean, that's it's really close right now. So we'll have to. I mean, there's going to be some moments where we're going to have to make some decisions on 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 how to you know function from here on out. But they're making it really difficult on us, and that's that's a really good sign. Do you expect the decision to come after maybe this weekend after Saturday's practice? Uh, hard to forecast. I, I can't just say it right now when, when we're going to have that done. I know it'll be done before the game, but uh, the, the sooner the better for all of us. Thanks, Kalani. All right, let's go, Jay, and then Jake. Kalani, how's the air conditions, the smoke affected uh, what you guys are doing? And did you have to go inside again today? I know the Fan Fest was canceled tonight. So uh, what's going on with the air conditions in your team? Yeah, we, we've had to go inside. We've had most of our practices indoors because of the air. Um, I just go off of what our uh, sports medicine department says. And if it's even questionable, we'll, we'll go inside. So I don't want these guys filling up their lungs with that smoke that's out there. And, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that, that have a lot of things to consider, whether it's asthma or other things that had to do, do with respiratory issues. So we, we want to be smart. And, um, you know, our first game is going to be indoors. So hopefully they get control of this of the smoke and, and uh, we can get outside and get some some uh, some sunlight. We, we'd like to get that done. But until then, we're just going to keep operating by uh, following our, the leadership of our sports medicine department, which we have a lot of faith in. Kalani, you've had to rebuild this defensive line, or I guess essentially reload to replace the guys you lost from last year's team. How have they looked so far in camp? 
Yeah, really good. They've held their own. They're going against a, a really big physical line, and so uh, I think they've they've done some really. Good. I think it's helped them become better. That that's helped our, our team last year, and so um, you know because our line is not going to slow down for anybody, and so I think that especially with the ones, uh, so I, I think it's kind of like, hey, here you are, you know, try to try to defend it, and that's been really good good uh, learning experience for our players, but it's not like a lot of them are brand new to it. I, I want to remind everybody that there's a lot of guys that are playing on our D line that have game time experience and, and have ability, you know, so I know we lost some some production and some guys at the NFL, but we feel really good about the guys that are coming back and feel good about the, the size that we have and the amount of reps and, and experience that they have. So we'll just we'll just have to prove it on the field. Yeah, one guy I wanted to ask about in particular is Nisa Mahe. A really interesting story, him playing in 2019, then misses the entire year last year. Can you kind of just lay out how he's done so far in camp coming back from missing an entire season? Yeah, he's been really, really good. He's been a good person to fill the shoes of Kyrus Tonga. So, um, you know, I, I believe he and, and Caden Hall has done a great job that, that being that that big presence up front. And then also, um, you know, uh, Jacob Ball has done a great, great job there too, as well as Joshua Singh. So there's a lot of guys that can do that. And then there's some guys that, that are athletic, but not as big and not as uh, – not as stout as those guys like Earl Mariner and um, you know others that we have in the mix, um, Gabe Summers, others. We're going to be fine. I really feel good about the personnel. Uh, you know, just we just keep telling them that no one believes in them, and then uh, so they got to go out there and prove it. So hopefully, you know, they can get it done on September fourth. Okay, we're going to do last two questions, Jacob, and then Greg. Yeah, Coach, uh, just looking at the uh, release of the AP uh, Top 25 poll coming out, um, a couple of your opponents listed in that list. Um, what's the reaction been from the guys in terms of motivating factor, you know, being left out on that list and, and also going into the first week against Arizona? Is it something that they're using to fuel or is it more of a, hey, we're just going to pay attention to week one? You know, I, I haven't even looked at it myself, so I, I... – I don't know if the guys are even focused on that. I don't think that's a focus that we're, we're they're trying to learn their plays and learn their technique. And, uh, you know, we, we have goals. And so, but that stuff doesn't, we're not, we're not that type of team where we have to worry about things like that. We're just going to try to perform at our best. That's, that's a, we're going to keep it simple for our guys to try to be at their best and see what happens. So uh, that other stuff doesn't really motivate these guys. Hey, Kalani, what kind of uh, camp has it been for the Nakua brothers? It's been good. We've, we've had um, – you know, I think Fessy's mentioned it before that we've, we've had to be really smart um, with with their progress, but I really believe they're going to have a huge presence on our on our offense. I mean, they, they already have a good presence with our, with our team and, and the camaraderie and the, the chemistry between uh, Puka and Samson and the rest of the team. It's, it's, it's awesome. So I, I think they're, they're loving guys that, that know how to connect with people and um, they're really good, great for our locker room. Uh, such uh, team first guys. And so, um, really, really good to have them on our, on our, in our program. There's head coach Kalani Sataki. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.